And here we go. This podcast is recorded in a house with animals, and I'm recording in the middle of the afternoon, so there is a non-zero chance a dog or a cat might decide to wander in and do whatever it is that the dogs or cats want to do. And there is also a non-zero chance that there will be chicken noises from outside since they're awake and running around. We're recording at a, um, well, I'm recording at what would be a odd hour. And so that's the way it is. Also, we often swear on this podcast. And while we do not get into things of an adult nature, we are not afraid to drop an F-bomb or three during the course of a discussion. So this is probably rated about a PG-13, if you're familiar with American rating systems. If you are not, let's just say that, uh, you know, teenagers or better, since one of our test subjects is a teenager now. Welcome to Productivity Alchemy, episode 61. And I am recording this one on Labor Day afternoon. And the reason I'm recording this one, what would be considered early for us, is that I just received word of an author signing event in Chapel Hill tomorrow. And then I have a tattoo appointment on Wednesday and then Thursday, I leave for Mag Labs, so this is actually the best time for me to be able to record. And it's an interesting time to be recording, because I'm looking at, other than a chicken just went strutting by my window, I'm looking at how today normally is like a day off for a lot of us who have, say, regular day jobs. It's a company holiday, it's you know, a day off school, things like that. For many of the listeners and my friends who are creative people, it is a work day where now you have to worry about the kids underfoot or the spouse or significant other being around or something like that. There is no true, and I quote, day off for a freelancer or an independent creator or something like that. Now, this doesn't mean you shouldn't take them. And I want to emphasize this. This is something we've talked about in the past many, many times, and I just want to continue to reiterate, and that is take time off if you have the opportunity and you are a freelancer or someone who doesn't have a day fixed schedule job. It's really easy for someone like me, at least uh, early on in my 100% work from home environment, it was really easy for me to just sit down and start work and then not stop until I was falling down exhausted, especially at my last job in the early days when there weren't very many of us working on the sections of the, the company and the infrastructure that I work on. It was really easy for me to, you know, sign on at eight, 9am and not stop until 8 or 9 at night. That's not healthy. And it's not something you can maintain at a rate for long periods of time. Little bursts? Yeah, we've all pulled an all-nighter, especially in tech. We've pulled all-nighters. We don't like doing it. Hopefully, if you're in a situation where you're having to pull all-nighters, it's either a short term thing or a rarity. If it's a regular thing, you really need to talk to your boss or your manager or whoever, because this is going to destroy you physically and emotionally. And I'm not saying that it can't be done. 
what I am saying is that you are outside the the normal parameters if you're able to do so. For the rest of us, it is important to take self-care days, and we've talked about that a lot. Take a day to breathe. Take a day to go to the garden center. I'm going to take some time in a little bit and clean out my chicken coops, which does not sound like a restful thing, but it kind of is because this is a, a something I can do where there's a, a beginning a middle and an end. That is really important, I think, for a lot of us as well, in that if you're in a job like I am, where there are always servers needing upgrades, there's always the next thing to do, there's always something going on, it can often feel like there is no beginning or end, it's just this constant middle situation. Having something you can do, which has a definite start, a definite end and a definite middle can help a lot in feeling accomplished about things. And that's one of the reasons why I also talk about, you know, simple tasks and uh, sustainable or sorry, not sustainable, attainable goals, smart goals, goals that have, you know, definite parameters around it. If you set a goal of, um, I don't know, just lose weight as a general goal. Well, does that mean you you lose one pound and you've achieved it? Or does that mean you've lost some weight, but maybe it's not enough weight? Is this, you know, where's, what's the milestone? What's the boundaries? Anyway, it's Labor Day. So I'm going to go back to what I was doing, which was mostly uh, playing some video games, sitting with my chickens, trying to get some downtime. And I'm going to leave you with this great interview I did a couple weeks ago with my friends Bill and Laura. Bill and Laura have an interesting structure in that their schedule, because of the things they do, he's got a day job, she's a freelance artist, but their schedule is tightly intertwined, and they've been doing this for a really long time. So it's a really great discussion, and I hope you guys enjoy it, and I'll be back after that. Hi, folks. I am here with my friends Bill and Laura Pearson. They work really close together the way my friends Lynn and Michael Thomas do that you heard a couple weeks ago. And so I thought it would be interesting to get a different take on how they do things. So, Bill and Laura, welcome. And can you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what you do? So I'm Laura. I'm the artist behind Quack Quack Honk Designs. Um, I do the arts and man a tent at least every other weekend, pretty much. We do art fairs, conventions, furry, sci-fi, done some anime, um, and then Bill. Yep, my name is Bill, and I'm a programmer by day and art slave by night. Right, you're, you're the support staff, which I'm familiar with, so very familiar with. Scan this, print that, lift that. 
Uh, you know, it's it's lifting. Yeah, it it's been nice since Ursula's gotten less about the art and more about the writing because that means there's less of that for me to do now. I'm much more of an administrative assistant. No, you can't that weekend. And when's your tour? What did you say about your book tour and, and things like that? So, I tried to write. Mm. I wrote two books. They suck. <laughs> They're never to see the light of day. <laughs> But you can say you did it, which is the important thing. I, I won NaNoWriMo twice. There you go. Um, so with all of that, how do you guys keep yourselves organized? Well, um, poorly. However, we do have a lot of a lot of systems in place. Uh, we use calendars, mm-hmm. which whoever gets it on the calendar first wins. But yeah, we have to use our phones for that. We once did have a paper calendar shared between us, but then we'd make plans and come home and find out that somebody else had already scheduled something. Right, so, right. Don't forget to write it down there completely. Also, it revolves around being home. Yeah, yeah. Now that we're on the road, like every other weekend, the calendar at home doesn't really help us. And you're using what Apple Calendar? I mean, you're using Apple calendars, obviously, on the phone. Yeah. Well, I still have that hooked into uh, Microsoft Calendar because Apple okay. Calendar tends to delete stuff after it gets older. Uh, yeah, which I find to be a real annoying habit, especially when you want to look back at your year and go, "So where were we in January?" Oh, well, it doesn't like that anymore. Right, right. So you're 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 like me. You've got that Office three sixty five subscription in the back. Well, I'm too cheap for that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> But that and we use uh, notes to make lists of like things like I've got a reprint list for the things that need to be printed so he doesn't have to wait for me to come home to tell him what needs to be done and then the grocery list for me and much like your grocery list with your son and Liz. Right. On, on, on I've got it on a, a keep document. Yeah. Yeah. So ours is just in reminders on the iPhone and whatever's there is what I buy when I go grocery shopping at the beginning of the week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Beyond that, it's piles. Yeah, piles. Piles? Um, piles. I've got a pile to the right of my station of art that needs to be worked on. Mm-hmm. I've got um, line art done that needs to be colored, taped to my uh, the area above my head. And then, then we have the notebooks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we have notebooks for each show. So okay. All the emails and the hotel reservations... And everything that gets, you know, all the paperwork for a show gets printed out because you never know what the system, the email availability is going to look like when you get there. Yeah, very true. So we have all of our, you know, what time, what time they've said we're supposed to set up and all the reservation numbers for when you show up to the hotel in case the hotel loses it. Well, and everything just happens over such a long time period. I, okay. It's one of those things I wish I'd known way back when I started, but I can be registering for a show eight months ahead, and then I'll hear like a month after, oh, yeah, you got it, and then there'll be nothing. Uh, right. All that week, and then it'll be, oh, here's everything you need to know. Uh, hope you're not on your way. That uh, Yeah, no, that, that, that sounds familiar, at least with the... The, the times when we're doing guest events, 
at least we we most of that is settled long like at least where we're staying uh what time we need to be there things like that most of that is settled before we get there it's just uh the actual panel schedule upon arrival that gets you know interesting oh hey i guess we can't have dinner with this friend because it looks like we've got a, a panel scheduled at this time well you know how it is with some of the dealer tables you know it'll open sometime in this month look for mm, it right. every yeah. minute <laughs> Sit there and push re- refresh every every like thirty seconds for that month if it's a high demand show, right? Yeah. Yep. Oh, and some of them we've just given up on it. If it's not a juried show and mm-hmm. they're requiring one of us to sit at a computer and hit refresh until we and hope we get in, I don't type. Th- I mean, I type like seventy, eighty words per minute, and I still I don't type fast enough. Right. <laughs> I'm not going to be able to get the system refreshed and up in time. Right. Um, I lost a show this year for that. <laughs> that oh like, man, yeah. And I couldn't. They sold out in under a minute. Oh yeah. Um, I can I can probably name those shows in the back of my head, but anyway. Um. <laughs> but this year we did the fourth largest um, craft. I mean, the art fourth largest art show in the United States. We did the Ann Arbor Art Show. Okay. Yeah. 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 And they had extra things thrown in, like um, where to park. Oh, nice. To- Pay and register to park, but you had to know the size of your vehicle because mm-hmm. they were going to space it out by the size. Okay, that's kind of cool. And oh yeah, it was it was really interesting. There's a lot of extra moving pieces, though. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I, I was going to say, yeah. Uh, I've I've we've never actually vended because uh, it's not as it's really hard to do, but. Uh, one of my favorites is the uh, um, Bellevue, Washington art show. It's huge. It's just city streets full of art. It's wonderful. But yeah, I mean, the logistics around that with the parking and the setup and the teardown, I mean, it's insane. So I, I can see why a really big show would be like, no, no, we're planning how we're going to park our vendors in advance. Yes. So that, yeah. <laughs> well, this one was, it was just interesting setting up. Like I hired a friend to help set up the tent with me and everything. Cause we have waterproof boxes mm-hmm. for all the artwork and the tent has to go up and he had to work while the tent had to be set up. And uh, yeah. doing a tent by yourself is insane. Depends on the tent, but yeah, yeah. It's, it's difficult either way. Mm, yeah. Yeah. But watching people as you're setting up this tent with these huge trucks, you know, like with mm. like they're bigger than some of these people setting up their stuff basically had semis. Oh, yeah. There's only one lane between the tents on one side and the tents on your side, and you're, like, crossing your fingers, I bought the insurance, I bought the insurance, I bought the insurance. I I realize I'm a tiny little bug on this oncoming thing, but please don't let me hit the windshield. Uh. (laughs) That's the other thing. We buy the insurance for everything. Buy the insurance, yes. Um. So, all right, we have we have piles, we have notebooks per art show, we have all the you, you really embedded in the Apple infrastructure with calendar and notes and reminders. Um, on top of that, what sort of systems or habits are valuable in keeping all that together? Um, well, the habit of just put it in right away. Um, don't like, I'll remember to put that in later because we won't. So we just put it in the phone as soon as someone Mm -hmm. says it, um, that and the other person might book it after you've just committed to it 
if you don't put it in the middle. Right. Um, I actually put a whole bunch of weekends in the calendar as Laura won't make plans <laughs> for like three months because Bill hit overload. Right. Right. And I didn't because I am far more social <laughs> than Bill is. Wow. You don't think I got into programming to deal with people, huh? Yeah. You're in charge of people there. So yeah, well, that's it's, it's a different kind of social interaction. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just as stressful, but a different kind of stress. But yeah, we don't use too many systems on top of it, and being prompt with it is our biggest habit, really. I've recently started playing with Habitica, but it's really playing for me. Right. Like I've got some self um, self help stuff in there that aren't couple related, but it's just mm-hmm. like I want to learn sign language because I'm losing my hearing. Right. Um. So that's in there to watch sign language videos once a day. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm trying to lose weight because my blood pressure was getting high. It's back to not being high anymore. Lucky. Uh, well, I, I lost 15 pounds. And, mm-hmm. um, but I'm doing under 100 carbs, which is hard to do. Yes. Yes, it is. Um, and that's probably just where I'm going to live life. Mm-hmm. Except for the occasional we're going to have dinner with friends and it's just going right. to occasionally but uh so yeah i do enjoy habitica but it's mm-hmm. it's a game for me not a necessity not like a necessity yeah yeah i just like watching my character level and get mounts and play with them and make them colors i'm i'm at the the point where it's just like i have to have I have everything else, right? Um, so now it's just, you know what? I, I am working towards making sure I have one of every pet and have raised them up to a mount. And it's, it's, it's a grind, but it's helping me keep up with my dailies and, and all that stuff. So the only things that I want to let fall off that it keeps me definitely doing mm-hmm. is I don't like wearing my compression socks in the summer. Yeah. But I have to wear my compression socks or I get um, nerve problems in my legs. Mm-hmm. So, oh, I did forget that in the things we do. I mm. have my pills, my pill caddy that I fill once a week with all of my pills. And they're in there for morning pills, night pills, and vitamins. Mm-hmm. And then the uh, Advil and Benadryl in the separate pocket for... My friends forgot to have. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably one of the most organized things we do, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my and my doctors make appointments a year ahead, so those mm-hmm. have to go in the calendar. Right. Um, I, I just made an appointment for a year from this, you know, like two weeks ago. And I think that's that's something you don't think about when you're younger, right? Um, like. Once upon a time, it was like, yeah, I need to take a vitamin every day, so I'll just leave the the thing like right there on the on the da- on the 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 sink stand but yeah if i don't make it i don't make it as as i've gotten older and you know the the onset of type 2 diabetes and the high blood pressure etc 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 i'm like i suddenly understand why people have pill caddies right i didn't get a pill caddy until after college but i always had i had whooping cough as a child i'm one of those children oh i see yes <laughs> but once you start going on the road you need better organization you know Oh yeah, yeah. Having a bag of things going. Did I take something? I don't remember. 
<laughs> yeah. And and especially the long trips, I'll have I'll have like one bag with um all of the pills I need for th- the like second week in it like separated out. I don't take the pill cases cuz oh my god, that's so much space and and you've only got so much on international flights. So that halfway through I'll be refilling the pill caddy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know. And then the pill caddy always goes in my carry-on. Always. I have extra sets of um, the dailies mm-hmm. that I can fill with, set, like my second set, if I have to be gone for more than a week. Right. Um, but and I can tell which pill is which pill. I just I know. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, it's not one of those where the two pills look the same. My blood thinner medication is much different than my iron pill. Um. Yeah, it's I, just like Ursula and I are on different um, antidepressants. And the last thing I need is those grinding together in a plastic bag and and mingling while we're on the road. Oh, definitely. (laughs) This guy just takes vitamins still. Oh, I see. So it's all my pills. He has a a baggie, like a little Ziploc baggie of his vitamins. Maybe some melatonin for the hard days. Mm -hmm. But but he doesn't see doctors. Oh. I'm easier that way. He, He finally went to the dentist after 15 years and then had to have the bone screwed uh-huh your jaw thing like you kind of but he only had one tooth i think yeah yeah uh for those of you who are squicked out by this you might want to skip ahead 30 45 60 seconds yeah i i didn't go to the dentist for 10 years and it turned into um i was very bad about it and it it of course turned into degenerative bone disease in my jaws so yeah i had a full um bone graft for every individual tooth um, so kids brush your damn teeth, go to the damn dentist. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No kidding. If I go every time, there's never a problem, but if right. I skip a single visit, I have 11 cavities. Yeah. Um, so I have to go every six months. I make sure I make that appointment because I don't want any more cavities. I've, had, I've done that twice and <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm kind of yeah. done with that. I don't like dentists. At, at least I found a dentist who I love, and she's she's fan like us. She's fandom, and uh, she's she's a trip. So, well, I love our dentist. Mm-hmm. I just don't like the process. That's fair. We found a dentist that um, I went once to Bill's appointment. Mm-hmm. She's a big fan of my art, and I sold her enough art that she gave us money at the end of the trip. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, that was fun. <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, so let's see. Habitica, um, put it in the calendar right away. That's a, that's a habit because otherwise, and it's, I guess it's the same with the reminders. If you need to remember something, put it in right away. Yep. Yep. It's, it's basically our, our system in life. It comes back to something we'll answer in a later question with yeah. the advice. Yep. Uh, we just, everything, uh, instead of I'll do that tomorrow, it's nope. Just stop procrastinating and do it now. Mm-hmm. But that's not the advice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, so how do you decide what to do first? Every well, day. First, I look at what has a timeline and a, like a deadline. Mm-hmm. And if I've got a deadline coming up for something, which doesn't actually happen very often for me, I don't work. I mean, I take, I'm always open for commissions, but I, I take very few. Yes. Most people just want to buy the art I already put out. 
apparently. Um, so no, I don't... that's that's common. I mean, Ursula will take commissions, but the majority of her sales when she's doing art were prints and prints and uh, oh, prints. Yeah. So yeah. So um, most of it's just having a few new pieces, and since marker pieces, I can do two a week easily mm -hmm. without stress. Um, it's just a matter of getting those, you know, ideas on paper, which goes back to the, we actually have a reminders list of all the animals that people have asked for. Nice. So go to the list and look for what, for inspiration. So, um, but and, yeah, I mean, if we've got a show that week, that means that you have to get stuff set up first in the week yeah. because if we're not packed at least a day ahead of going to the show, we're going to be in panic mode. Oh, truth. Most definitely. Yeah. I love the fact that the amount of work doesn't change, but if you're doing it the day before, it's so much more work. <laughs> it's uh, actually you you end up I think adding work when you're doing it the day before because you you're double and triple checking because now you're in a rush, you want to make sure you don't forget anything. Um you know, if you do it a couple days before I, I'm finding, you know, all right, we know that is packed, that is done, we don't have to worry about it. Or if I think I'm forgetting something, I have time to go back and check, not the, well, it's in the truck, so I guess we'll have to buy it when we get there if we forgot it, if we can. Yeah, our uh, because of my allergies, our soaps bag is always packed. Mm -hmm. I have just a separate set for the road, um, because mine are mostly chemical-based. Right. So I have to be careful with which ones I can have, which is funny because mm -hmm. everyone's then like, oh, I've got this really natural organic. And I'm like, no, that's the one I'm allergic to. Give me suave. Fine with them. Right. <laughs> but yeah, in terms of daily stuff, I don't know. You get up and you sketch. Yeah, I get up. I spend the first half of my day sketching mm -hmm. and lunch, then coloring. Mm -hmm. um, and he goes off. I get up with him. He gets up at 630 in the morning. Mm-hmm. To go to his computer programming job. Right. Why well, do you decide things at work? We do the things that we're assigned. I mean, Kevin knows <laughs> the whole scrum thing, you know? Yeah. You have yeah. To work and you get up and you work it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There aren't a lot of decisions, unfortunately. I'm, I'm very fortunate right now in that I am a system administrator in a very, very, very tiny company. So often what I do first is dictated by what was I working on when I finished yesterday versus what is, I mean, always if there's an immediate need or an emergency or something client related, that's first. And then the rest of the time is improve the systems. Right? Yeah. I mean, with so, me anymore, it's, you know, get in, check your email and wait to see what offshore has to say. Cause right. that's how our schedules work. Mm -hmm. And that was, that was often what was happening with my, um, with my last job, because we were such a big distributed team. It was, okay, let's get in in the morning, check my email, see what's coming in from the, I guess that would be European shift, would be handing off to East Coast. Mm -hmm. And then, and, and we had a whole complicated on-call schedule so that we didn't burn out because there were, uh, you know, it was a really big organization and it was, it was kind of crazy and I'm really glad to be out of that. <laughs> well, on the bonus... His, they don't work from home, right? So once he puts in his forty hours, unless mm. it's a schedule thing, he's done. Yeah, it's been a nice change. Mm -hmm. yeah. Meanwhile, I, I just I just don't like driving to to sit in a room with people who I I like, but you know it's there's there's a big 
and I'm going to have to come home and work more anyway. So why should I leave the house? Yeah. Yeah. But um, I've become oh, yeah. kind of a, a working hermit on that. Yeah. He lives a mile and a half from work. Yes. So. <laughs> it's actually one of the reasons we bought where we did. Mm-hmm. Was so, because at the time I was still working retail. Mm-hmm. And it was a mile from my job and a mile and a half from his job. So that and, works. Yeah, that works out really well. Yep. And uh, I saw the writing on the wall with my company going down. Yeah. So I left and I'm doing this full time, which his job allows me to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, this job isn't losing money. Yeah. But, <laughs> but I wouldn't be ha- living in a house and eating at Zingerman's or wherever on, on my salary. <laughs> yeah. You, you, I, and, and you spoiled me with whatever that restaurant was we went to when I was in Ann Arbor this spring. Carlisle's. Carlisle's. Yeah, I, I, I'm like, I suddenly I have a craving for you know pastrami, and I'm like, I'm gonna have to go like 15 miles to find good pastrami. I'm, you know, I mean, I was already spoiled from New York, but I learned to accept it, and then you, you, you got you pull me back in. You pull me back <laughs> in. Um, I like good food. <laughs> so. You you touched on this and said you were saving it for this question. What is the best advice or feedback you've been given? Uh, Other than write it all down. Well, write it all down. Uh, we've actually got a few. Okay. Um, apply butt to chair is a good one. Yeah. That's but, my favorite phrase. Yeah. <laughs> the one that we I was referring to is uh, someone should do that. Guess what? You're someone. I. That sounds like my mother. Uh so we, I don't remember honestly where we got that, but it's actually been probably the best marital advice we've ever been given because looking at something and going, oh, he left a pile of dishes. He needs to take care of that. Right. And then you're angry all day because you're looking at a pile of dishes that he should take care of or in reverse. Mm-hmm. And... um like I'm constantly moving half full pot cans of pop around. <laughs> so yes, we both have things that get on each other's nerves. Mm-hmm. Realizing that rather than be angry at it, you could just fix it, and it's really just not that big a deal. Yeah, and so somebody should take care of that. Guess what? You're somebody. Yeah, it's the best one. Um, I liked the one I heard a few weeks ago. I wrote it down in here because I liked it. Uh, the task isn't finished until the cleanup is done. Yes. Um, Whoever said that on your show. I think that might have actually been um, Nate. That I doesn't don't... sound Nate. <laughs> I love Nate, but he'll well, be the to admit that the cleanup is not finished. Well, the, the, the thing about the interesting thing about Nate, right, is a lot of his habits picked up from, or a lot of his advice came from when he was in food service, like when he was working in kitchens. Yeah. And in kitchens, the task isn't done in, uh, the, oh, it, isn't, it, was. it was his hospital kitchen job. Right, right. And about. yeah, and so that's, and I mean, that's, if, if you're working in that sort of environment, no, the task is not done until the cleanup is done. Um, which, yeah. which yeah. I'm recently trying to put into uh, work, but at the same time, my friends laugh when I say the house isn't tidy and they come over and they're like, your house is ready to be photographed. And I'm like, no, 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 there's things out of place. 
because uh, portion of every day is spent I spend cleaning. Right. But it's because it's it's a mother in law mother issue mm-hmm. with our they've gotten better, but our our parents used to not have good setups for I shouldn't just walk into their house. Ah, right. Um, right. It's their house. I should call ahead or something. Mm-hmm. So they would just show up. And then you could see in their eyes the look of there's underwear in the hallway. <laughs> so now I have an iRobot. It sweeps the floor for me. There you go. Um, and I run that every morning. And yeah, then... which means that you have to make sure everything's picked up so it doesn't try mm-hmm. to eat it. Yep. Right. Yeah. No, that was uh, my friend, our friend Tina, right? I, I used to stay with her four or five times a year with my other job. And uh, she'd be like, oh, the house is a mess. And I would be looking at it going, you could eat off these floors and I don't want to hear it. Just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's, just, you mm-hmm. know, like I do the same thing. The house right. is not right now. The office is a mess, but, you know. It's <laughs> I as I, I look over at my pile of dead tech. Yes, I know. <laughs> yeah, but the rest of the house is mm-hmm. I can shut the office door and people could be in the house and right. freak out. They wouldn't freak out. One hopes. Yes. If they freaked out at this point, I could blame them. There you go. Yeah. The dishwasher is loaded. The dishes mm-hmm. are done. <laughs> there are no underwear on the floor. We're good. <laughs> uh, they'll put one on the list, though. Okay. Yeah. Never give up, never surrender. Galaxy Quest. (laughs) So whenever we're at a show, Mm -hmm. no matter how it's going, we will not be that person that leaves early. Um, Partially out of pride, partially because it hurts everyone else. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you've been to an art show where there are like big gaping holes in between booths and stuff, and you're like, "Eh, this isn't going so well this year. Since that hurts everyone, we'll stick it out no matter how bad. And some have been bad. Um, I think our worst one so far was four days and we sold $7 worth. Been there, done that, yep. And oh, the ire, it was not a, it was not a backpack hawk art friendly location. (laughs) No, we got to learn about hate browsing and things like that. Oh, goody, yes. That's, that was a new thing on me. I'd never had before. The person who spent $7 went through all the bins, scoffing and sighing and making unhappy noises, and then pulled out a bookmark and slapped it down and said, I'll take this. And I was like, where's the, where's the, you know, assassin? Who's got you in there? <laughs> like, you don't have to buy it. <laughs> I don't know if I want to sell it to you. Really. <laughs> I don't know. On the on the flip side, at that point, it's like you you sat here and you were whatever, and but you're spending money, so whatever. Yep. 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 So let's see. Is there anyone else? Oh, I, I try to ask why not instead of why. That's that's a great one. You know, ask why not instead of why, uh, because so many times. Actually, that was from a really bad roommate I had. Uh, when I turned Bill down, he asked me like a hundred times to marry him. <laughs> and he, uh, like the hundredth time I said, uh, not yet. I didn't ever say no, but not yet. Right. Uh, she was, uh, she was like, why not? And then I was like, I don't, 
really have an answer for that. Mm-hmm. As an adult, I have a better answer, but I'm glad we did it. <laughs> See, I just like the idea as I'm sitting here looking at, you know, a pig popping out of a souffle and go, yeah, you're taking that a little bit far in some cases. Hey, it's a mud bath. It's a chocolate souffle. It totally makes sense. <laughs> I'm I know no the 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 some of the pun art is is my favorite art. I had uh, I had a lot of fun um at the Anthrocon art show this year going oh that oh oh sneaky. Sneaky. <laughs> yeah. Um If you're not having fun with it, why do it? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But I think that's If you never start it'll always fail. That's the last piece of thing. Right. If you never, if you don't try, it can't succeed. So, trying is the baseline. If you're something comes up and it's like, that's not going to hurt me. Mm-hmm. It's not a poor idea. It's not illegal. <laughs> uh, it's not illegal. That is it. That's an important one. Yes. Let's be honest. Yeah, we it's like. <laughs> well, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, the person you're like. Mm. I'm pretty sure I should check the legal statutes on this one. I'm pretty sure if you drive with the back hatch here open, filled with leaves to let them to get rid of the leaves in your yard, that's mm. probably not legal. Probably <laughs> not, no. <laughs> uh, so they're, you know, if it's not going to hurt anyone or and yourself, and it's not illegal, you might as well try it. Right. Right. So, do you want the hard one or the easy one, or the fun one first? I don't know. They're about the same, really. They're the same for us. <laughs> okay. The order in which they were written, then, do you celebrate your success, and if so, how? Uh, not really. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if I sell a really big piece, I might squee and do a little dance. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, traditional white girl dance. Like a little bit of jiggle. Right. And uh, uh, usually, he has a better answer for this one, so I'll let him well, you know it's (laughs) one of those things where the better we do the more work we get to do so it's not really celebrating it's more mourning in some ways (laughs) you know i I mean like coming off of you know the ann arbor art show we you know had our best sales weekend ever which immediately meant that we had to reprint everything that we sold right pack up and get ready for the next show and you're like yay we made money. Ooh, this is a lot of work. <laughs> um, so, and really that's also when we sit down and we go, how can we do better next time? Cause I mean, mm-hmm. continuous improvement is unfortunately one of those things that you sort of get used to in our professions. Yes, you do. You know, and it makes just a whole lot of sense from our, well, I always call it proactive laziness for people in our field, you know, where you go, how can I not do this again? I I always say that you want a lazy sysadmin. Yeah. You know, you want you want a system administrator who's like, I hate doing this, so I'm just gonna write scripts and automation so I can sit back and relax. My boss is starting to realize that um that this really is my philosophy. I'm like, hey, look at this thing I set up so that you can start automating these tasks that you're asking me to set up. Look at this thing I've set up to monitor all of this information so you don't have to come to me anymore and say, Hey, can you go look at this, that, and the other for me? Yep. So, you know, after we have a good weekend, we'll be sitting there going, 
How can we set up faster next time? How can we break down faster next time? Do we have to replace any equipment so we're more efficient? So, like, we're replacing our tent because the other one is starting to wear. Oh, and yeah. Like that. We so, also found that wind tunnel effects uh, are a thing with tents in city shows. Yes. Yeah. So, moving the uh, 100 or so pounds of weight on it was a little frightening. It moved three inches with at least 50 pounds on each leg, plus all the art on the walls. So, yeah. <laughs> so, we're buying a heavier tent. <laughs> So, yeah, it's not so much celebrating success as sort of mourning it. <laughs> That's fair. Um, I, I remember uh, when Ursula finished, I believe it was the first Dragon Breath book, and had turned it in, and she moped around the house for like three days, not because she wasn't excited that she was done, but because now she didn't know what to do next like the book was done it was going out there there might be some revisions later but the bulk of it was was never to be done again and she didn't really know how to feel about that so that was that that's part of the inspiration for this question because there was there was that big sort of mourning period after every major thing was released or, or went to press um and so I've I've started to kind of push more of the, you finished a book, let's have cake. Oh, and I'm sure after she signs a contract for a hamster book, she goes, I have to draw 50 more hamsters. I don't want to draw 50 more hamsters. 150. Uh -oh. 150 per book. Oh. Um, Which is the, one of the reasons why I haven't illustrated a book. I don't <laughs> like drawing the same character more than once, except for like for fans. Like right. then there are different poses and they might have changed their character. and Right, right. The, the same my, you know, other people's invention of a character, I don't mind doing a bunch of times. My own invention of a character, suddenly I see all the <laughs> I had with it the first time that I mm -hmm. didn't fix right, but I have to get those problems because they're now canon. Mm -hmm. And that drives me nuts. Yeah, there was, uh, at least she caught one thing, like, before it went to press, and I think it was one of the, it was the Ninja Frogs books. I think it was the Ninja Frog book. And she had said at one point that um, Suki was one kind of lizard. And then at another, she, she was a different kind of lizard or they wanted a different kind of lizard. And so she had to go back and not just change references to that, but then change the art because otherwise people would be calling in or would be writing in to say, Hey, you said that was such and such, but it doesn't have the ridge like that. So, um, because there are always those people. Oh, yeah. I have a piece of art just for, for those people. Uh, huskies. Yes. No, huskies are always... There's, it's never the right husky. I'll be like, oh, yes, I have huskies drinking tequila right over here. Look at the husky. He fell asleep. <laughs> and there's three empty shot glasses and a fourth full one. Mm -hmm. One tequila, two tequila, three tequila floor. Oh, nice. Yes. Um, and But it's a gray husky, so it's an Alaskan husky. It's not... The you know so I have a team of huskies and other sled dogs pulling two different packs of beer so I have all of the sled dogs in two pieces. <laughs> of there you so, go. Do you have a husky? I say why? Yes, here's a picture of all of them. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, and and that is that is something I've I've heard from other artists who do these sorts of shows is that people who have particular 
dog preferences are very, very particular about it. Which is interesting because we found that cat people don't do the same thing. They, no. they would like their cat to be the one in the picture. So they would like it to be a black cat if they have a black cat or an orange cat. But if it's a cat, they're okay. Right. Okay. So they'd prefer theirs, but. But. <laughs> I think I, that's the toxoplasmosis. Yeah. Probably. Probably. Yeah, that's the toxoplasmosis. I have my toxoplasmosis friends. Yes. I'm one of them. I know I'm a toxoplasmosis. I have no idea if I have it or not. I don't care. I have a cat. It's not going away. I love my cat. I used to do rescue. There's no way in the planet I don't have toxoplasmosis. So we just have one cat. So there's some possibilities. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. He does like to wake us up by sticking his paw in our mouth. Uh Yeah. Yeah. We um since my first. Like, since my, my first, I think, apartment, I've never had less than two cats. Um, averaging about three. Currently, we have five, but two of them are really old and two of them are really young still. So, you know, there's there's the balance. I'm not sure where Sergi fits into that. Sergi, Sergi may be immortal. We're not sure. Yeah. Uh, creamsicles. Creamsicles. I want to say he's probably five now. Ish, we got him as a rescue, mm-hmm. and they thought he—they thought he was two, but we're pretty sure he wasn't yet two. Um, but he's not an outdoor cat; he's only right. an indoor cat. Um, and we just have the one because he's jealous. He's—he will knock the phones and the art supplies out of your hands because it is time to pet him. That's yeah, no, that's that. Well, Sergey does that with everything. If it's time to pet him, he's on the desk. I have to lock him out of my my office now, seriously, because like the keyboard I use for the recording station for the the second station here has hit the floor so many times that this last time five keys popped off, and I had to find them and put them back on because he's just sitting there and and he's like, so you're. I want petting, and I'm like, I can't right now. I'm in the middle of a thing. I'm in the middle of a thing, and he's just sliding stuff off. And I'm like, why did you? And he's looking at me, going, "Look at what you made me do." <laughs> and he does that for food. He does that when he wants the toilet flushed because he uses the one toilet. He wants that for for pettings. He wants that for playtime. It's like, come on, guy, find a better way. <laughs> he has different meals for his demands, but we did give him. Well, sort of gave him. I put up. A bunch of Lego minifigs on oh. a shelf that he can still find a way to get to. So when he's really mad, he'll make the Lego minifigs hit the ground. They make a really good crashing noise, so he feels good. Mm-hmm. But I can put them back together in two seconds because they're not really a lot of parts. You're not crawling under three different desks trying to find the shift key. Right. <laughs> so he, he, and if I lose a part of a minifig, oh, oh well. Right. Um. But it keeps them away from the geodes, mm-hmm. <laughs> the the breakable things. Yeah. All right. All right. Flip side of the coin. You know this one's coming. Um, and you you know I'm a big fan of Howard Taylor Schlock Mercenary and Maxim Seventy. Um, so how do you deal with failure when you miss a goal? And by the way, for those at home, Maxim Seventy is um. Failure is not an option. It's mandatory. It's what you do after you fail that matters. I'm paraphrasing that last bit, but right. I have three different ways here, and it okay. depends on what I failed. Mm-hmm. Um, as as a group, 
right. we feel like at a show when it goes poorly or we've had a bad day, um, it, it more looks like we're celebrating because we go out to really nice restaurants and eat lots of food. <laughs> um, so for the last one, since mm-hmm. it didn't go too well, we went to an antique candy store. Oh, man. Yeah. We spent $60 in candy. Well, a lot of that was to feed the niece, but you know. She mm. never had some of those things. She <laughs> didn't ask. She actually didn't ask for any of it. She wouldn't pick candy. I had to force her to pick out candy. Wow. Uh, but, but yeah, after bad shows, you'll probably find us at a decent restaurant nursing eating, our wounds. Mm-hmm. Eating good food. I'm, I, I stress eat. I try not to. Right. I fail at failing. I don't know. <laughs> but. Tasty food makes the world better. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not disagreeing. Um, if I if fail a thing, it doesn't really bug me. If I do an art mm-hmm. and it doesn't turn out, I just put it back in the pile to try again. Um, so it's not a failure until you stop trying. Right. On on art pieces, I will do a piece. I had a piece that I finally got to work out after like a year of trying to get it right. Um. It just goes to the bottom of the pile, and when I have time to try again, I try again. I was going to say, uh, the piece that Ursula's working on right now is one I told her, um, I want to say eight years ago, that I'm like, you know, there's just something about this that doesn't feel, that that just isn't ringing true, or doesn't feel like, you know, whatever. And so it, it got backburnered for a couple years and then she came back to it and she's made some revisions and she's adding to it and it's it's better now so yeah sometimes you just have to put it aside say i'll come back to that later it's cool yeah. Mm-hmm. so yeah it's, it's not a failure until i've stopped trying on the art right um now with people mm-hmm. people's the hard one for me because that's when my anxiety clicks right most people think that extroverts cannot be have social anxiety <laughs> and they're <Sorry>. wrong because <laughs> most people think of social anxiety they think of the person who can't talk mm-hmm. they don't think of the person who can't shut up <laughs> right uh, because in my brain if I don't stop talking I will eventually fix whatever I said is wrong <laughs> which is not the way that works right. logically I know that but getting my brain to shut me up Mm-hmm. So that's actually a system we have because he'll tap me under the table when I'm just digging myself in a hole deeper and deeper. It's our <laughs> quiet way shut the shut the f up. <laughs> no, no, that's 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 an important one. Um, I I know several people who get. I'm not well. I mean, you're familiar with pretty much most of the Dorsai regulars, mm-hmm. and honestly, it's not like any of us need an excuse to talk more. We're going to do it anyway, Um, but I I think that having some sort of cue that it is time to shut up is often uh, difficult, uh, especially with anxiety, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Now, there are the people who just like to hear themselves talk. It's not that they're they're anxious. It's that – how do I put this gently? Um, It's that if they – talk it out then they are obviously right and the the superior person and i'm not saying we have any of those in the di but i know that's a big social media thing mm-hmm. like a lot of people who are just like slamming other people because of uh, for whatever reason um 
but uh, you know, there's a whole bunch of different talky things now, and and social anxiety absolutely one of them because if you keep talking, then maybe they won't notice you messed up, or maybe they won't notice how nervous you are, right? Or maybe you'll fix it. Somehow. Or maybe you could fix it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and also, the sound of silence is absolutely unnerving to me, and it has to be talky noises. So that's why I listen to podcasts and books. Mm-hmm. Uh, the sound of silence means something is going wrong somewhere. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so actually, no that that's that that applies to everything we've worked in in on on security things too. Why? My goodness, it's three a.m. and it's quiet. All right, let's wait for it. Yep. Any second now. <laughs> uh, I have siblings, mm-hmm. and I'm the oldest. And it was always my mom worked night, so she had to sleep all day, and my dad was either at work or at school or both. Mm-hmm. My childhood, so it was my job to make sure no one got in trouble. Right. And if it was quiet, someone was getting in trouble. <laughs> and, you know, uh, I always got punished for their trouble. Okay. Yes. So, That's never fair, but it happens. It happens. I got grounded when my sister snuck out of the house. Not sure how that works. Yeah, I'm, I'm not I'm not sure how that one that one works either. That's, uh, uh, that's a new one, yeah. yeah someone had to be blamed. Someone had to be blamed and... Mm-hmm. and it wasn't gonna apparently, but yeah. there were a lot of five minute groundings though. <laughs> want to ground me and my dad want to ground my sister, and we shared a room, so they send us to our room for five minutes. Uh, no, the timeout. We we call that timeout in modern parlance. Yes. Well, it always started at like a week. It was gonna be a week, mm-hmm. but then the other person would say, "Well, whatever you're grounding her for, I'm grounding her for double." Yeah. So it turned into like five and ten minutes because the person didn't think their person should be punished, but they couldn't back down. They've apologized for this as an adult, and they're never going to hear this. So. Look, there was there was a year where literally my dad was like, you are grounded until such time as I see fit to unground you, right? And... I was in high school. It was the, socially, it was very, very tough. But I was like, whatever, these things happen. Uh, that was the year I got uh, being ungrounded was my Christmas present from my father, and actually, it might have been one of the best Christmas pre- presents I ever got. Yeah. Right. Yeah, mine was the uh, in high school. There was no way to ground me for more than five minutes because I was in marching band, and I. When I wasn't a marching band, I held the job down because you could mm-hmm. work at 14 then. Oh, yeah. And you know, working at Burger King at 14 was totally legal. Still can in this state as long as you get permission from your parents. See, in Michigan, I think you have to be 16. Mm. Um, and even then, there are certain jobs you can and cannot do. And I stood behind a broiler for an entire summer. That would be, yeah, I can, I can see that. And that's one of those jobs that's no longer uh, kosher. Yeah, when they had Whopper days, because the Whopper. Oh yeah, cars that when it was a buck for per Whopper or whatever, and mm-hmm. it, cars would just wrap around the bill that you would never have time you didn't need a Whopper, so they would keep feeding the Whopper meat into the broiler. Just keep going. Yeah, just keep yep. adding it. But you missed our the best one for us on failures. What finding motivation again. Oh, yeah. yeah. 
So we have a horrible maladaptive thing that I don't really suggest anyone ever do, but it's really effective. <laughs> you find your anxiety causing things and right. you make yourself feel bad about the fact you're not doing anything. So Oh god that one. Yeah. So, you know, with her I can put on some YouTube of like art channels. Drawing with Jazz is really good because he's uh, mm-hmm. absolutely amazing at what he does and he's entertaining enough that then she'll start sketching while we're watching. Right. Um, with me, I just need to listen to things about, you know, productivity and then go, why am I not doing something? <laughs> yeah, I sort of laughed about it because, you know, for the longest time when we started, it was, you know, she didn't want to go back to retail. And I mean, we're well past that point. So that one doesn't work. Right. Yeah. So, you know, just sort of morphs. But, you know, I think about Ursula's stories about dying in a ditch at Walmart. And I'm like, man, I would so have a ceramic Walmart around. Just put it on top of the game console occasionally and be like, we've been yeah. playing a lot of Xbox this week. You would totally do that. <laughs> probably pull the Walmart in front of me. I don't care if I die in the ditch at Walmart. I know I'm not going to live long. Oh, <laughs> 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 well, it's, it's interesting when you go to your doctor's mm-hmm. and... You say, well, one of my doctors thinks I might need to go to the heart specialist because the blood pressure. And she's like, bah, you don't need to worry about blood pressure. <laughs> yeah, you know? I was going to say, um, Tina and her many, many chronic conditions. Um, I, I believe it was Ursula who said, you know, I, I really admired her her thing that she was going to probably drop dead while she was out birding until it looked like it might be happening in the seat next to me. And then, you know, it went from academic to, oh God, oh God, oh God, I have to deal with this. So, uh, um, Eight years ago? Mm-hmm. Till five years ago? There's a three-year period of time there. <laughs> where we didn't go on a trip where I was more than half an hour from a major hospital. Ouch. We mapped it out because I had three pulmonary embolisms. Ooh. In four months. <laughs> that's that's a lot. That's I spent a lot, yeah. months in the hospital between mm-hmm. them. Uh, we still map out. We still we still know where they are, but we don't decline going on something because it's far. Right. Yeah. It's just knowing that it's far, so I have to stop. I don't like going into the doctors. I no, I don't think anybody does. Um, I mean, you know, that yeah. kind of like Ursula method. When I have a kidney stone, because I've had five. Mm-hmm. He will poke me in the kidney until I go to the doctor. <laughs> wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Because I'll write it out. Yeah. I, <laughs> I've. Uh, I. You know. I have. I have tattoos in very uncomfortable places. Uh. Not. Not like genitalia or kidneys or anything. But like the back of the leg is surprisingly tender. Um, the, the inside of the elbow is surprisingly, well, maybe not so surprisingly tender. Um, (laughs) but hands down, um, the moment I think, oh no, this is actually a real full size kidney stone, not just like a little piece of grit walking. I mean, like, you know, the, the usual sort of, oh, there, there might be something there, but nope, it is time to move the big kidney stone. I'm like, let's go get some morphine. Uh, uh, don't want to be conscious. (laughs) Yeah. I, uh. That was nothing compared to the first pulmonary embolism, so now it's just irritating. Okay, then. Yeah. <laughs> but not quietly, which is the yeah. point. And it took me it took me three <laughs> days to go to the hospital with pulmonary embolism. That is true. And I was coughing up blood, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
That's how I learned that doctors don't find it amusing when you joke about having um, consu- uh, consumption. Yeah? <laughs> they, they don't think that's funny. No. <laughs> they have no senses of humor at all, though. No, no sense of humor. Well, it, it, it depends on the doctor. My, my friend, uh, Dr. John Smarr. Um, has a very good sense of humor, although it may not be the sense of humor you're expecting. <laughs> well, I was thinking they don't have a sense of humor when you're in the ER. Because yeah. when we discovered a new portion of the ER we hadn't seen yet, and we were like, wow, we've never seen this portion. Yeah. And we're like, wait, what? <laughs> like, no, we've seen that part and that part and that part and that old room over there before you converted that. Yeah, I was in that one and that one and that one. Oh, God. <laughs> They recognize, they recognize my name on the sheet. Oh, so it's like the the scene in um, I don't know if it's politically correct to mention him anymore, but in Home Improvement, where Tim Allen takes his son to the emergency room and they're like, "Hey, Tim, how you doing? Here's your coffee. Here's this," and they're like, "So, what you in for today? It's not me. It's my son." And they're like, "Oh, well." Um, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, they. Yeah. Uh, my favorite one is we were in the room and I was waiting. The doctor just came in and she was mm-hmm. introducing herself and the tech wheeled in the ultrasound machine. And she goes, I haven't ordered any tests. I don't need this. And he goes, no, I recognize her name on the sheet and you'll need it to draw blood. <laughs> and, and she looked at him and I said, so I, does that mean I get a parking spot now? And he's like, after I get mine. <laughs> that's fair. That's, that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Um, that's everything. That's yes. probably more than everything. Yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> that's all the questions. Um, so uh, I'm going to be putting in links, but where can, is there anything else you want to tell the audience or uh, uh, anything you want to promote while you've got a shot at it? Well, mm-hmm. we have a Patreon mm-hmm. at a Quack Quack Hawk. Um, we also have a Kofi at QQH. Uh, underscore designs find me there on twitter i still have a for affinity under crack crack punk yeah it's not Uh, updated as much as your website though that's our main spot for finding you yep and twitter is the best spot to find me between twitter and my website but Mm -hmm. if you look on the social media i will either be under crack crack honk or Mm -hmm. qh underscore designs right right on Depends how many characters they allow me. No, I understand that. Um, Hey, thanks, guys. Um, uh, This has been really enjoyable. And, um, you know, for the people at home, we'll be right back. I really hope you enjoyed my talk with Bill and Laura. I really enjoyed my talk with Bill and Laura. And anytime I get a chance to hang out with them at a convention or a social situation, you know, it's always a good time. So I hope you get a chance to check their stuff out. 
As Laura said, her business is Quack Quack Honk Honk Designs, and so this week's badge code is Quack Quack. For those of you who don't know, we issue Mozilla open badges here, which means you can go to the website, you can enter the code Quack Quack, all one word, no spaces, and you will be issued a badge that can then be displayed anywhere that supports Mozilla open badges. And... There are all kinds of places that do that, like educational institutions, uh, open source projects, all kinds of things. So uh, if you're one of the people who gets badges, I hope you enjoy it. And if you're not, hey, that's your thing to do. I hope you enjoy it. So that's it for this week. A little shorter, I guess, than normal, but that's okay. We'll be back next week with your letters and a check-in with our teenage test subject. And I've got some stuff for him to try. I'm giving him the week off because it's Labor Day week. And our Wombat guest, test guest, I I don't know, our Wombat co-host will be back next week as well. She's been using the break to get some gardening done. More power to her. You can support this and all the other podcasts we produce here at Red Wombat Studio at patreon.com slash Ursula V. That is Ursula's Patreon. It covers this podcast, The Hidden Almanac, Kevin and Ursula Eat Cheap, as well as a couple other things. You also, as a bonus, if you are a Patreon supporter, you generally get anything she self-publishes as just sort of like a, here it is, ebook form, knock yourself out. It's great. If you want to buy me a coffee, and I drink a lot of coffee, uh, I do have a coffee page, uh, ko-fi.com slash k-s-o-n-n-e-y coffee.com slash k-sunny and it helps, you know, uh, every little bit helps and keeps me caffeinated and I'm kind of caffeinated right now that's it for this week we will see you in a week with your letters like I said, and remember folks stay productive